You're listening to the AID Network. Greetings, fellow citizens of Disneyland. Bricky here. Got a couple things I want to talk about with you before I bring on Philander Butler and we talk all about the Haunted Mansion holiday. So here's the deal. Nobody thought that Disneyland would be this close. I certainly didn't when I promised to do the podcast once a week. Now, I don't mind doing it once a week. I love doing this podcast. I adore it. It's been so much fun. Last week, some of you may know, I just peaced out and went on vacation. Nine days of not working, and that meant literally doing nothing. And boy, oh boy, did I need it. But here I'm in the fall. And before the pandemic happened, some of you may know from my other versions of content that I started building a home video studio. Uh, This was the year that I really wanted to try to get into more and more uh, doing stuff as far as video content goes. So I gave myself a quick guideline of, well, you can start this up in the fall, let the summer flesh out, see where things are at. People watch more TV, more content in the fall because they're more constrained indoors. So I find myself at an interesting crossroads where... Uh, I'm running out of time to do all the things I want to do, and I have goals and things that I want to achieve, and it's not that I don't enjoy doing this podcast, because as I've already said before, I love it. It's just not fully monetized, and I have a plan to do a Patreon-type program for Disneyland for Designers and evolve it into a whole thing called Club 1313, where you can become a member of the Poor man's club 33. But the thing is, is I don't know if I feel good about doing that conversion switch while the park is closed because it just feels a little tacky to me. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to juggle everything. And that just means I don't know that I can make the Wednesday deadline every week. I don't know that I can promise a show every week because this is my full-time job. And Fitting it in for six months wasn't that big of a deal, but now that I'm in fall and I have these other projects rolling, I have to be responsible and I have to prioritize the things that I actually can make money off of. And I hate admitting that. I hate talking about money. I I know that it's gross, but the hard fact is, is I'm not an amateur content creator. I'm a professional. This is what I do for my career. This is what I do for a living. Uh, And so I just want to kind of break it down that the last six months, it's been a free roll. I've given out the entire episode. And normally the way that I monetize my podcast is I give a portion out for free. And then the other half are for my paid subscribers. But I found it to be an important time to keep the magic alive and to try to give everybody as much as I could because I know many of you have the same passion that I do for Disneyland. And it has been my incredible honor to take so many of you there mentally every single week. But this is just me being who I am. I'm transparent, I'm honest, and I'm a hard worker. And I'm telling you all of those things right now. I'm going to continue working very hard on this project, but in all transparency until I can actually monetize this particular brand of my umbrella, it's going to be hard to totally commit to getting it out each and every Wednesday at a specific time. But I can assure you this, with Adventures in Design, I've now put out 1,250 episodes. I never miss deadlines. I always get things out. Well, there's been a couple of tardy days in six years, but have you showed up to work every day on time for the last six years? Have you not called in sick? That's what I thought. How dare you judge me? But what I'm saying is, is that eventually when I can get everything tied away and the park reopens and I feel a little bit more comfortable of shifting into this new program, um, I will be able to deliver this in an amazing product each and every Wednesday when it fits into the proper pipeline. 
So I just thought that um, maybe you don't even care. Maybe you skip through this and you're already listening to the episode. And it's just me doing what I often do, sit in a room and talk to myself. But I thought it would be important to explain to you why it's gotten a little bit of loose, what my priorities are, and help you understand, um, hopefully, the quality of my programming is because I'm a professional and not a hobbyist. And hopefully you can respect that as I would never, ever want you to go to work for free. And I hope that you would only ask the same for me. I can tell you this. If you like watching YouTube, I have really been doubling down, putting up a video nearly every day over on YouTube, uh, covering the rumors, the news, everything that's going on with the reopening of Disneyland and various other items that have popped up on the horizon. And sometimes just doing videos uh, about attractions that I love or Disneyland oddities, like the wacky stories that have been birthed through that special place over the last 65 years. Uh, YouTube is a very, very important part of my strategy because as I've mentioned earlier, I've already put out over a thousand podcasts and there's a certain way that podcasts work with the algorithm and the way that they populate through the internet. And I need to be multi-platform. I need to be over on YouTube, which fun fact is the world's second biggest search engine and all it searches and indexes is YouTube. YouTube is a fantastic place for discovery. And I just don't want to miss my own goals, my own opportunities, because I was too stubborn and too in love with Disneyland, dedicating tons of hours every week on a podcast that I was doing for free. So please don't cry for me, Argentina. This is not meant to be a sob story. It's meant to be like a, hey, here's a real talk about where I'm at. And nobody ever thought that we would get to October. And now it looks like uh, November and probably a December where we don't have our beloved Disneyland. All that being said, though, if you would like to hang out with me, this Tuesday is one of my Club 1313 meetups. Now, this will all change in the future, and I'm slowly rolling things out in a way that I normally wouldn't. But once again, we're in uncharted territories. But the goal is is to get Club 1313 together on the 13th of every month. And right now, if you want to go over to YouTube, Adventures in Design, you can find me this Tuesday, which is October 13th, where I will be performing Oogie Bricky's Halloween Bash, which means from 6 to 10 o'clock out here on the West Coast, I will be basically curating and put together a Halloween party at Disneyland through point of view videos, through my own footage, uh, using the internet in a very interesting way that I have basically figured out how to turn Disneyland into Call of Duty, where you can watch me go through it, do all the attractions together. And I have to tell you, I have discovered and, and really put together an amazing, funny, and fun, beautiful Disneyland online community. Everyone in our little community is absolutely awesome. They're all hilarious. And we have such a great time that I can promise you that after hanging out with us for four hours, you will realize the next day, oh, what is this I feel? Do I have a Disneyland magic hangover? And yes, you will. Because we make the magic as real as it can be in 2020. Now, when the park reopens, these 13th of the month meetups will become a whole different thing. And I have a whole different plan for that. But once again, we're just kind of all put on pause during the pause-demic. So if you want to have a good time, if you want to show up and, and be a part of our community, you can join us this Tuesday 
October 13th for our Club 1313 meetup. And right now, these streams are open and available to all. These meetups are open and available to all. Um, I don't know that it'll always be that way. So maybe pop in one now and see if you can't have a good time with all of us. And hey, get into the Halloween spirit while you're hanging out with all your virtual buds at Virtual Disneyland. What do you say we get started with today's episode with my amazing guest, Philander Butler? We're going to look at all the details and the emotions and why we love, and this year, unfortunately, we're going to miss the Haunted Mansion holiday. This is the story of a beautiful place known as the happiest place on earth, and all of its history its secrets, and its tricks that you may find if your mind believes in design and you allow your heart to believe in magic. Step inside and become a citizen of Disneyland. Greetings, fellow citizens of Disneyland. My citizenship, of course, still pending, still no button. But hey, what did I ever do to prove that I'm a true citizen of Disneyland? I haven't done anything yet. Oh, I'm only getting started. On today's show, Philander Butler joins us today, and we look at not the fun facts, not how many light bulbs, not how many inches of snow, but the heart, the intellect, the emotion, which is taking the Haunted Mansion, arguably one of the most popular attractions ever, and for a series of months, each and every fall, overlaying it into the Haunted Mansion holiday, showing us all that something that's great can always be made just a little bit better through the magic of Disneyland. And we also commiserate on how, for us locals, this is a rite of passage every September this indicates to us that we're close to making it through another year and that good times are just on the horizon. So I ask you this, close your eyes, go to your imagination, and let's walk into New Orleans Square and let's gaze upon the holiday haunted mansion. And for the next hour, let's enjoy all the good times of when two holidays collide.
Oh, Philander, it feels so great to be back in New Orleans Square. <sighs> this area, this this is the this is if it's not Main Street, this is where I like to sit and just watch. If there was a New Orleans Square entrance, oh, so you weren't forced to go down Main Street USA, how would you decide? Ah, oh, that's real. Oh, you know what? And it's not work related. You're going there as a <sighs> civilian. Who knows? In the future, you might always go there as a civilian. Like, uh, uh, that's a tough one for me. Like popping out right in between Mansion and Pirates. Like that sounds. <laughs> not you mentioned that sounds amazing, but then you got the floral Mickey, and you walk onto the train, and that's a gr- that's a great one. You need to come back to me on that one. That sounds equally awesome on both sides. Like if there was a way where you went through a tunnel and you just came through. You know where they do the characters of of pets, mm-hmm. but you don't ever really see that dog walking through <laughs> Disneyland. How did you paint that border collie? Where did he come from to pose for that photo? So let's just say that was a tunnel where you're just like in New Orleans Square, right? You're just right, and that's a way to come in. But I don't know. I think Main Street is the proper three acts yes. to get you there, right? There's yes. Act one, going through the gate, being in front of Floral Mickey, like being in that the courtyard there. And train pulls right up in front of you. Yeah, it's... You can see the Kalamazoo handcart. <laughs> <laughs> it's my dream to do one lap around the park on that. Uh, you go through the tunnel on the right. If you go through the tunnel left, you just immediately appear in Harry Potter land up in the universe. <laughs> Who so, takes a left? I mean, who are these people, right? <laughs> Unless there is a parade going down Main yes. Street and you've got to go to Adventureland, mm-hmm. there's no reason to go through no the tunnel on the left. In fact, I would go through the tunnel on the right and then work my way over to the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. But you, that's Act 1 in front of Floral Mickey. You go through the tunnel. You're there in you know Town Square. Mm-hmm. That's sort of Act 2. And then when you get up to the hub, that's Act 3. Like It's yeah. just perfectly... Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, that is why Main Street will always win. It was set up for that. As much as I would love a New Orleans Square entrance, like stepping right, that jazz music playing, smelling those beignets cooking. (laughs) Today, you know, every day in 2020, you cry. And today's tears were sponsored by No Peppermint Beignets for Holiday Season. That's that's what today's. T- I was like, oh, that, oh, oh, that that's not happening this yeah, year. That's that's Get the thing. For that. That. Yeah, let me now, steal, steal myself. I can give you an alternate reality where you can go through New Orleans Square. All right. Imagine that it's that day in the summer that you look forward to all year. Dad is having the company picnic. Oh, what was that? Holiday Land. Holiday Land. That's right. <laughs> Holiday Land would have taken you right, right into there. the square. Uh-huh. In that scenario, we would have come over the train tracks Mm -hmm. from where now the Frontierland Station stands and dipped into Magnolia Park with the Haunted Mansion to our left Uh. and New Orleans Square to the right. I I mean, it sounds like, you know, child abuse is serious, Mm -hmm. but one step above that is taking your kid to a picnic outside the gates of Disneyland. absolutely. And making them wait. (laughs) Look, I don't want to play jarts. I don't want to eat (laughs) potato salad. Like, every other child is having the dream experience on the other side of the berm, and I'm here with my dad's accountant's weird creepy son. Get me in that gate. Yep. Just close enough to hear the music. Like, 
just close oh, enough. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, well, it's kind of like going to downtown Disney mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> like, like all those poor lost souls right now walking through the Esplanade like zombies in The Walking Dead. <laughs> magic, magic. That means you're just close enough to hear that Mark Twain whistle go off. <laughs> <laughs> and to hear that ringing of the bell as the train is pulling in. Yep. From the Main Street train station. So here we stand. Uh, we don't need fast passes, although normally, normal situation, you would want to get fast passes or have a gentleman such as yourself mm-hmm. escort you in. Because the Haunted Mansion, I would say arguably, if you ask any Disneylander, give me your top five attractions. 95% of the time, unless somebody's being contrary, I'm really into Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> five times out of ten that Haunted Mansion is going to be in the top five. Absolutely. But then you add this magical September appearance mm-hmm. of Jack Skellington after that two weeks of downtime in August oh. where it just rides into January as the Haunted Mansion holiday. And I, I have to say, this was one of those things. You know, I became a citizen of Disneyland button citizenship still pending mm-hmm. but I, I became an AP in 13. I first went to the park in 11. I, every time I'd go to the park from 11 and 12 and I'd fly out from New York twice a year and I'd every California trip included a day of Disneyland of course. for me. But I kept hearing the stories of hey you know during Christmas this becomes mm-hmm. a nightmare before Christmas and so I remember in September walking down Main Street uh all of the Halloween bunting was up and down Main Street. The pumpkins were in the shops, and it was blazing hot. <laughs> and I remember thinking, you know, everybody back home in New York and my family back in Kentucky, um, right now, you know, the whole time that I had lived in California, we'd all been going in the same direction. Yes. Well, now they're all going to yield over to the left, and that sign says fall, and fall yields over to winter. Mm-hmm. But California is just going to keep going straight. Keep on pushing. And I literally, like, kind of got really choked up. And I remember, like, clinging on to Beth's hand as we were walking down the street holding hands because I'm like, we're really Californians. Yep. Like, once you escape that first winter, and by the way, (laughs) she's from Buffalo, New York. (laughs) What a winter to escape. But when you elude that first winter, Mm -hmm. you realize, I now know why my rent's so expensive. Yeah, I get it. Because I got Disneyland and unlimited sunshine. (laughs) And the idea of... Disney plusing the Haunted Mansion. Yes. I was completely intrigued. Like, how do you make pizza better? That's true. How do you make ice cream better? Well, Salt and Straw figures it out every month. (laughs) (laughs) But when I saw it for the first time, when you stand out on the outside of it like we are right now, and you see all the candles, all the pumpkins up on the berm, you know, it's so awesome that the music's playing. Dare I say, I almost wish it played all year. Oh yeah, there's you know? that. There's that. That there's that. That amount of people that are like, just just keep it that way. Let's the, get a ride. The music is the only thing that I wish was just, all year. Just long. run all the year because I really think that it adds like an omnia. Uh, 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 what am I looking for? Uh, it adds like an ominous presence. Yes, of that loop playing over. Mm-hmm. It actually makes the old Victorian building seem creepy. Mm-hmm. Especially and, at night. Yo, know, and with the lights flickering, you know, you've got the scarecrow greeting you on the path up. Mm-hmm. You, you've got the, the clock up on the front with the big, long list so the falling days down. To Halloween, yeah, the sleigh on the top. Yep. But and the one piece that I wish was all year long is I love 
that music loop and maybe not the same loop Mm -hmm. but a different loop i love going up to the mansion and it's already sort of telling you that you're going into a a haunted mansion you're going into a scary story but i am 100 percent of the mindset that what makes this special is september october november december and two weeks in january Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i mean that's a pretty long haul yeah I know that the folks over at Mice Chat, they love to complain that it's up too long, um, <laughs> which is an interesting complaint to have. And I think in 2020, nobody would ever <laughs> no. put that on their top 20 like, we complaints. Don't even care. Just, just, get it, just keep it open. <laughs> just show me a Pepper's Ghost anywhere right now. I <laughs> I'll take anything. But, you know, I, I the idea of the plusing the Haunted Mansion, something that's already great and finding a way to make it, you know, I'm not going to say that it's better. Yeah. But different intriguing and also what i really love about this attraction i think what we're going to explore today and and what we're all realizing uh this holiday season is these traditions that disney has set up for halloween Mm -hmm. and for holiday season these have become sort of like time stamps in our hearts and in our brains that you know because we don't get the traditional season change that everybody else gets Mm -hmm. so if you're a disneylander and you go regular these type of things sort of signify to us like hey you've made it through another year that's right and i think that there is no more special time than halloween into holiday at disneyland like it's just amazing how something that is fantastic any day in may just shines even Even brighter. brighter it's unbelievable of a magic trick so for you I have a question. Uh, when you're a VIP tour guide mm-hmm. and you have guests that, you know, have paid a fair wage to go out and get a, a premium experience, that's just a must as long as that's going, right? Whether it's the first week in September or the last week that it's up in January. Yeah. Like, that's just a number. Like, well, we got to go do that today with mm-hmm. you, right? It's on a mansion holiday. Is, it has such a power. Um, I mean, I, I even have people who like it more so. Because I think almost the Haunted Mansion, as wonderful as it is at being one of my favorite attractions, the way it kind of pops, like you were mentioning during the holiday, even if someone was unaware of it, walking past it, it just it it just pulls you in. Right. Like what they were able to do with just the facade on the outside. Because I feel like we love that that mansion just so much as it is on its own. But adding like Jack on the top and and like you said, the scarecrow on the list of the candles, that music, like it's it's you can't even ignore it if you wanted to. It's just such a pull. So I don't have to spend, like you said, a ton of time convincing people to to do it. And I feel like the movie and the movie has grown in such popularity over time now. And there's that like really strong level of, uh, amount of people who wish there was a haunted mansion ride on its own anyway. Yeah. And most or, likely, uh, you mean a Tim Burton nightmare? Before Christmas <laughs> yeah. Ride? Don't forget to put that in there. <laughs> Tim Burton's a nightmare before Christmas. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Disney loves long titles, uh, but yeah, I, I could see that there. You know, because that movie was. It was pretty avant-garde when it came out. Absolutely. Like, it wasn't... Like, I went and saw it opening night. Like, I'm actually old enough that that was one of my first dates. (laughs) (laughs) I just dated myself. But uh, that and Edward Scissorhands were like... I I remember seeing those both opening weekend. And I would say Night Before Christmas was because a lot of people didn't realize it was going to be a musical. Yeah. It was a little bit of a surprise. And and I'm not saying that people didn't love it. People liked it. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things, like a fine wine, it's gotten better with time. Oh, it's aged. And it is really... It's taken on such a symbolism... In, in, in pop culture and, you know, Disney being behind it makes it even more strong. And mm-hmm. it's been, you know, 
cleverly merchandise for years oh and years gosh. and years. So, I mean, it is fantastic. And, you know, I think that's one of those properties that is very open to a prequel or sequel. Mm-hmm. What? Well, how did Jack Skellington get there? What mm-hmm. happens if he goes through a different tree? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much there, there, you could make something else. But I think much like E.T., which I always say E.T. is the perfect movie. Oh, my gosh. It absolutely is a perfect movie. To prequel or sequel. Um, but some things are so good, you're like, let's just not touch it. Mm-hmm. This is one, that one, especially, I love telling the story of it being dropped under Touchstone prior because Disney was very, the studio was very like, oh, this is very different from anything we've done. Right. And them not wanting to put the castle as the logo in front just in case people were like, this is way too wild. And then now when you put on like the Blu-ray or Disney Plus or stream it, oh. the castle's in front of it now. Like, we made oh. this. We made it. <laughs> this is ours. This is ours. We did it now. And him being a legitimate Halloween character, but marketed 24-7. Like and that's incredibly rare that you can find his merchandise because it'd be very easy to just have it only during that time. And I remember when they only sold his stuff during that time, but they've noticed that people love it regardless. So you will find Jack's face year round. Definitely not as much during the months of like March or April, but he's still there as opposed to so much other Halloween stuff that's held for that time of year. You know, I uh, often give a lot of flack to our sister park, Walt Disney World, uh, (laughs) that I refer to as Roy's unoriginal Magic Kingdom. And I do have to say this. The stage show they do in front of uh, Cinderella's Castle. Oh, it's excellent. That Jack Skellington is so much better than the character meet and greet version. Mm-hmm. It, that, that like elaborate like puppet version of him, yes, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, oh, because yeah. the 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 sculpted character version just doesn't really yeah. transfer. It like kind of looks like him. Mm-hmm. Sally's a dead ringer, but yeah. the Jack is a little bit it's off. It's a tough thing to do. Yeah, but the puppet version that they do in front of the stage mm-hmm. is uh, is really really fantastic yeah. and that would be something I would love to get to see out there but as we're 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 standing here and we start to walk in I, I want to give you a, a shout out because when I was lucky enough to be one of your tour guide guests oh that was wonderful you remember back in the days of employment um, <laughs> you were the one that spotted out to me the Six six six. Oh, that chandelier! chandelier. <laughs> and as someone who has flirted with the devil their whole life, um, <laughs> that was possibly one of my absolute favorite fun facts that I learned that day hanging out with you. Mm-hmm. I love that chandelier, and I, I appreciate. Again, we've gone over and over about these Imagineers, and I was, and I always think about how many people just just don't look up at that and just pass it by, and j- just the ingenuity and like oh let's just let's make this sh- this chandelier just a little bit creepier and i think of how many people just just don't see it the 0.0001% that just don't happen to look up or even look up and glance at it but count it you know and well see yeah it. i mean that's a mad person that goes huh there's six arms I wonder what's at the end of those six arms. Oh, there's there's six antlers. I wonder what's at the end. Of, oh, there's six at the end of those six. Like that is such a crazy path to follow, but it's very on brand for the Haunted Mansion and Nightmare Before Christmas because we've seen Disney, which was ancestrally thought of as a children's brand. Mm-hmm. They've grown up with their audience, and they're yes. still entertaining kids. But it's a very diverse company now, with you know owning arms of the company, like mm-hmm. m- what Marvel does and what uh, Star Wars does. Yes. Um, and we've seen them, you know, taking the animated films and taking Milan and making it real action and 
upping the action mm-hmm. and taking away some of the sort of the yeah PG thirteen rating. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, you you see them realizing like now we're a multi generational company. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure that we're making multiple generations happy with what we do. So just the idea and the risqueness of like yeah, we're gonna put like Satan chandelier and <laughs> <laughs> and our and our haunted mansion, and you know people won't even protest it because most people won't even know that it's there. Mm-hmm. So as we walk our way into the dead center. Oh, beautiful. Thank you for that. You're welcome. (laughs) Dead center of the hall. And I'm starting to wait a minute. I just walked in here. Where did the doorway go? Mm -hmm. The projection of Jack above us. I just love it so much. And I know that it's a pretty easy swap out for what they have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you want to talk about Disneyland skewing older, like, I couldn't imagine in 2020 they would make an attraction where suicide is part of the storyline. Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> like, this <laughs> absolutely one's, not. This one is grandfathered in with steps. <laughs> but uh, I love when the narrator's like, and skeleton heads. Mm-hmm. Like, it just makes you so happy. So good. And, you know, the la, 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 la. Oh, they're like the creepy? And the, and the little back? Da, 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 oh, yeah. I believe that's, is. I think that's Lock, Shock, and Barrel that are mm-hmm. doing that little voice. And, you know, the paintings are overlaid. Like, just the sheer idea of, like, whoa, this is going to be different, different, but mm-hmm. very familiar. And when Jack's, you know, peering down on you and you can see Zero floating. Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs> well, you know, part of what is making me so sad, and I had bragged about this for a year. I said, you know, one of the best things about being an AP holder and a Southern California mm-hmm. resident is every year the first person to wish me happy yep. holidays is Jack Skellington. Yeah, who's saying happy holidays in September? <laughs> Just Jack. Just Jack. <laughs> but he would, he would do it in February as well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so once you get through there and you're now... On your way uh, around the, the, you know, what what is that? The art gallery room called there? Oh, that like the, the hallway that like has the down salon there. area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Is it? Maybe my memory's messing with me because I'm a senior now. But <laughs> is the band always outside the window where the rain's at, or is that? Are they not there every year? They have been there. They definitely not there when it's just mansion, and they have been ba- they've been there for quite some time. I remember the earlier iterations of the mansion when they were not there. And they've one of the great things I love about that attraction is that they find ways to add little things every year. I remember, and I'm sure you remember that time before Zero used to fly through the paintings. Yeah, you know, it was just the paintings changing. So I appreciate even the just subtle things because they know that diehards like you, my, the two of us, and then other fans that religiously come to it every year will notice these little small things that they're adding on to it. I want to back up real quick because I can see that they are uh, getting ready to take people up the stretching elevator. Mm -hmm. I know how that works. (laughs) Um, Friends, I love the Haunted Mansion just like you do, but just think about this just for once. When you go to Disneyland, always around you, it's somebody's first visit, mm-hmm. and somebody doesn't know it's their last visit, and somebody it's a once-in-a-life vacation, and somebody they won't get there for three years. Say the things to yourself. Yeah, you don't please. have don't have to say them out loud. And also, if you're there as a social outing, like don't talk to Vanessa about did Ricky text her or not when you were in Splash Mountain mm-hmm. because. That show, that room is so sacred, and I feel like it gets blasted over by locals, either being disrespectful and talking because they don't Mm -hmm. see it as part of the attraction, or overly reciting every word. And It's not Rocky Horror. (laughs) (laughs) That, uh, I always think about 
how many, and I think you mentioned this back when we were talking about Rise of Resistance, how many times do you get that new Disneyland, like that brand new Disneyland, when you get to see it for the first time fresh yeah. and how you don't want that to be spoiled like you're you're almost you're going through a three-act structure it's like watching a movie for the first time right and you just you don't want that spoiled and and i i really do i appreciate the love that people have for mansion and all these things that they just know you know or the 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 crossbones above pirates like right. i i get it i get it but i've had so many first timers we talked last time about you know me leeching happiness off of people oh but it's real i've seen i've been on so many first rides with people of attractions and the power that that has when I can look at their face and know that they don't know what's coming next is it's oh it's thick you can feel it where they're just like in awe of it and have you know people joking or laughing I understand having fun but to have those specific moments because once you're kind of on the ride you know you you're kind of in your own little bubble at that moment but or doom buggy or doom buggy uh you are you kind of you can kind of do that thing because I've, I've had people recite it within the buggy itself but you can't really hear at that point but it's that's sacred you know you get that you like you've said that you get that one first time that one first time you really do and and i it, it just makes me cringe when i see locals kind of disrespecting what it means to people that don't have the privilege yeah. that we used to have uh so when you were walking through this corridor mm-hmm. i love zero flying from the paintings i love the paintings are switching i love looking out the, the window and mm-hmm. seeing the jazz band out there but i have to say as we come up to the end of the hallway and we take a hard right if they ever decide to plus up the haunted mansion and mm-hmm. i know that before everything happened that they were in there doing a real massive yeah, refurb big like, one such a big refurb that i actually have footage on my second to last trip where there was a hole in the side of the haunted yeah. mansion like you could see that they had cut a hole in the attic and you could just like see daylight into it um but this vignette that's up here above us where the wall is traditionally black mm-hmm. I have to think if they ever go through this one, like they've gone through some of the dark rides over in Fantasyland and add in some of the light projections and yes. some of the digital image mapping, I have to think that this wall, it just feels like a wasted space mm-hmm. when I go in the beginning of February, because after you've gotten used to seeing yeah. that big, you know, pop Weeks up, and weeks. Yeah. And, it, you know, it, it fits in there so well. And I love that one of the many hidden oogies is you know how he takes over that moon Mm -hmm. and laughs and then goes away as bats um i just feel like if there was ever a spot to plus something that's already great i could see this area like imagine if the ghost host was like projected up there Mm -hmm. and talking to you or you know some sort of little vignette that can play i mean smarter people than me would make that decision (laughs) but it it just seems odd that it's just total and utter blackness mm-hmm. when it's not a holiday yeah it's it's such a shock because i remember i always know that first time oh it's back to mansion now after almost you know five months and you're like oh that's almost my mind is resetting itself to that like normal way of it and that's one of the biggest takeaways it's jarring I think, is it's just black i know they have that kind of like uh foggy ghosty green light that goes across yeah. it but yeah it's prime for Oh, a, a number of projections, especially now that they've gotten absolutely amazing at it since the 60th, you know, and uh, the projection mapping on the castle. That's, a, like you said, a blank wall to do anything. And I'm sure they would try to keep it subtle because the mansion itself is not so in your face. But it's it's prime for a future 
future upgrade. Yeah, even if it was something that was real subtle, like uh, the water fountain in mm-hmm. Galaxy's Edge, where it's like, you know, you only see, what is it, Dianaga, or what is that? Oh, the, the, the Dianoga the, in, yeah, the, Dianoga. in the pipe? Yeah, mm-hmm. like, you know, I've literally seen 20 people sitting there staring at a water fountain <laughs> waiting for it to happen. It. So it could be something that's just as subtle as that, mm-hmm. but it does, what it, in a weird way, though, the cool factor of just the dark black wall is that it makes it feel more like a fair or carnival haunted mansion. Yes. Where you know you're getting on a ride vehicle and you're flush up to the front mm-hmm. of the trailer that they've airbrushed. You know, like, <laughs> a thousand ghouls. <laughs> Children with heart attacks are not allowed to ride. <laughs> but um, it, it, in a way it makes it feel because you know you're just you're getting on your doom buggy and you're getting right there and two or three to a cart. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels kind of like that sort of vibe. Yeah, it gives it like a that kind of interesting look, and it almost. You, I know people will turn and look it to the right as they're kind of getting first getting in and moving forward, and I find myself never really having to make that look to that right, or even looking at it when uh, it's the regular haunted mansion when you're kind of walking through, but it, it just captures your eye, captures your eyes so much to see all that. And they, I remember, do you remember were you were you there that year when they were kind of opening up a little bit of it one time one like uh, I think it was a week at a time they were uh, creating a little bit more. It was like a I want to say it was the anniversary maybe the tenth year that they had done it were. Uh, no, that it, it started in 2001, mm-hmm. so the 10th year would have been 2011, mm-hmm. and I didn't actually get to ride it. The first time I rode this was September uh, 2013. 2013, okay. Yeah. They had a year where they were uh, activating or opening up little parts of that big thing. Now they just have it running all the time, but before each, each week you came, they had another part of it turned on as like a fun thing. Um but yeah, it's very jarring. I, I would love to see them set that up as well because that's it's such a massive piece that sits there. And that kind of, it's like if you look over there, there's kind of like a little bit of a drop-off that goes right, down there. Right. Um, not super deep like the Soren one, which is like goes down like another 50 feet oh, almost. <laughs> the only good thing about getting stuck on hard left or hard right of Soren is you look over your left or right shoulder and you go, whoa. Oh, that's about a uh, 60, 70 feet. We're, we're pretty high. Like I, <laughs> The fun fact was once given to me that if Soren was built on flat ground, mm-hmm. that it would be similar in height to Guardians. That's, yeah, that's amazing. And you think about how tall that building already is. I mean, mm-hmm. you can see it from downtown Disney. Yeah. Like it, you know, the, it's cool that it's shaped like a hangar because that totally fits the whole vibe. But hangers aren't that tall mm-hmm. right like if it was up another two or three stories but what is that over there That's so huge it, thing fascinating they put it down the ground kind of moving forward into the mansion a little bit when you get over to madame leota's room mm-hmm. um i as a designer i don't think the tarot cards are designed that well okay i don't feel like the patterns on the back have the um, integrity that they should have that's one of my complaints um but on the upside, uh-huh. the genius that put her head in a Christmas ornament yes. is fantastic. And then I love the possessed nutcracker that is just mimicking <laughs> That's doing the look. everything that she says. <laughs> so those two will let me forgive uh, the tarot cards that I think are just a little shoddy on the design aspect of it. But the brilliance of taking her crystal ball yes. and adding something to the bottom of the top and now it looks like a ginormous ornament. Mm-hmm. Those are just the little subtle things where like, who's the genius? Like, you know what we could do here? We could turn that into a Christmas ornament. He's <laughs> like, get that lady a corner office right now. Yeah. Yeah, the, for me, I think my my one main gripe about 
um, that room is there's so much light in it, and I've come to appreciate the the darkness of how the mansion is just normally year round. Right, right. And the light, in most cases, you know, from any dark ride, starts to give away. Like you start seeing the seams a little bit. Yeah. So a lot of the times, like my biggest gripe with it, and it's a small one really, um, is just how lit that is. And I, when we eventually get to the graveyard seat at the end, that's when I have my biggest gripe about it. But I love that room. Um, because Madame Leo is, is saying something different, and I appreciate that every time uh, getting to hear that and having the the ornament. Um, have you have you also noticed that like um, I want to say, do they do it during the year during the holiday season? The the like green little like it almost looks like a aura of smoke or something gets in the back right half of the room and oh, it's yeah. just kind of going back. Yeah. Did they do that during the holiday season? I, I believe so because I always notice that there's like this sort of uh, ambient like magic uh-huh. over in the corner right mm-hmm. that's kind of and I, and I one day I was looking at that and I was trying to trace like does that have some sort of relationship to Madame Leota moving mm-hmm. like is that blocking something that we're not supposed to see yeah. because it was so interesting that that, that was back there uh, as we go through the attic right where all the Christmas gifts are yes I thought that I read somewhere, and you know, this is where the ride is so intricate that it blows your mind apart, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh, that, that was never there." And then you look back, <laughs> like, I've took a photo of that now eight holidays in a row. Um, do they open up a gift every week going up to Christmas? Because I thought that I had read that the gifts in that room mm-hmm. in the beginning they're all closed, and every week one of those boxes starts to open up and a new thing's popping out. I don't, th- I, I haven't seen it if that's the case, and I'm okay. saying pretty much from. My, my goodness, I, mo- I probably ride it once, one to th- three times a week, probably. And I've never noticed that before. At least not in someone, like, in a pattern opening up one after the other. I have seen open gifts, but I don't think I've ever noticed mm. it. Uh, someone taking the time to do a specific thing each week. Uh, I go on it a lot. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> I would imagine as we get into the uh, the wedding party, which I have to say, that is mm, it's so hard to say this, but it, it's got to be top three rooms. Yes, in Disneyland, you mm-hmm. know, as far as attraction rooms, like scenes that you go into, the wedding scene, just the idea that we're going across the bridge, and there's oh, has anybody ever explained to you Pepper's Ghost? <laughs> have you heard of that before? Like that. I'm going to put Pepper's Ghost in the basketball court in the Matterhorn. There you go. <laughs> but I, I like to say, let me tell you about Pepper's Ghost. Let me hear. Let me come over here and sit down right here. <laughs> sit down right here. Let me tell you about a man called Pepper's Ghost. <laughs> but the idea that they're lit above us and below us. Oh, yeah. And we're on this bridge and it's all happening. But then to up something that's already amazing, the seeing the decoration on the cake every year. Yes. Oh, yeah. And you know... Right now, somebody's like, but I had the best cake. (laughs) The one we don't see, yeah. I had the best cake, like 2020 for pumpkins for the zeros. It worked (laughs) so well, and it won't work for 2021. Mm -hmm. So you know somewhere there's a guy who's ripping his hair out that he had the best cake design ever. But not only do you see the cake and you get to see what the new pattern is Mm -hmm. and how all that works, when they hit you in the face oh with that pumpkin smell. Yep. Oh, my Lord. Like, that is one of those, you know, you enjoy it all holiday season. Yep. But the first time the you go across that bridge it. and that hits you, you're like, yep, it's the holidays. We're here. We made it. 
and such a nice thing because they really don't have to do that at all. They don't have to do it, not even in the slightest. <laughs> we will line up every year without question for Haunted Mansion. I'm not going back. It doesn't smell anymore. Yeah, they don't, it doesn't smell. Yeah, they stopped doing the new gingerbread. Like, uh, I don't, don't want to The gingerbread smell, that's what it is. My God, is that so good? I said pumpkin. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that gingerbread smell through there, Lord, has, that just, it lights it up, man. Mm-hmm. It lights it up. Did so, you get stopped in that scene? Oh. <laughs> that's when I always hope that little spooks have, what did they say? Little spooks have... Uh, Oh, uh, uh, like uh, have halted your tour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, That's where you want to stop in? I was like, stop me there. I always stop someplace stupid, like in the the mirror room. Like, <laughs> all right, whatever. You get, st- you get stopped in a, in a turn and you're just facing a wall? Yeah, just like it's literally like, looking at nothing. Never do I get stopped in front of Hatbox Ghost. So I can just course. watch it happen over mm-hmm. and just over again. Just watch the cycle. You know, I said the, the, the attic earlier where they have all the gifts that, that are in there. But I always want to urge people to, when you're... Falling down backwards in the graveyard scene. Just do yourself a favor. I know I say this all the time, but I have to think that there's such a huge portion of people that never see this. If you don't look over into the left, because you're going to be in the graveyard scene for Mm -hmm. the next two or three minutes, look over to the right and you will see that they have built the full facade of the outer shape of the house, Mm -hmm. which is literally insane because the house is six inches from a wall. Yep. And the fact that they didn't just like patch all that up and you can look over and see the windows, you can see uh, the shingles, you can see the, the, the molding on the side of the house. Like it is literally like no reason to do it. All the more the reason to do it. Yep. And a, and a and very, very dark room. Like how many just don't see it? Same, f- same thing with the, the chandelier. Just because just the first time I looked over at that, I think I was actually halted going down. I was like, holy smokes. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my new favorite Disneyland detail. So as we come down, we have that amazing animatronic of Jack and Zero. Yes. The little tiny skinny legs. The little legs, the tiny body. Like kudos to who designed him. You know, all of the mechanisms in that uh, Santa sack that he has behind him as well. Like, just a great job, really. And the scale of him is so great because he's so much taller than us. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of one of those moments where it makes you feel like, you know, Jack Skeleton's a very beloved character. Mm -hmm. His heart's in the right place. He just comes from a weird, you know, he's he's a product of biogeography. And Mm -hmm. many of us can understand that. (laughs) Largely me, uh, being from Kentucky. But... In that moment, when you see the scale of him, you're like, he would scare the hell out of me if I met him in a dark alley right now. Yeah, and they have him. He like he's in a crouched position, like he's not standing fully upright. Right. Like he's like he's eight like feet leaning tall. over to us. <laughs> Which, when a monster is like leaning over to you, means that they're getting ready to approach you. And I just hope that while he's there, that that poor gravedigger's dog is getting a meal somewhere. <laughs> Finally, that, that dog is so. That dog looks like. Every Sarah McLaughlin commercial they play oh, on the news sure. station. Like that dog. I will remember. That dog needs to go in the arms of an angel. <laughs> My Lord, feed that dog. <laughs> so now as we come into the graveyard scene, and we're mm-hmm. going through this pretty fast because I got all the fun facts for you later about how many light bulbs are on the house. Because <laughs> you know that's what we do here. As you come into the graveyard scene, though, I mean, it's it's too much. Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. There's so much going on from the pumpkin heads that they put over the the singing bus mm-hmm. to those really cool and I'm not really sure where they're from in the movie the big like ice angel pumpkins yeah they have the hor- that are blowing the the horns yeah. yeah that feels very like 
Christmas first, Halloween mm-hmm. second. Yep. And the animatronic that got added, I want to say, in the last two years of Sally, Sally yeah, on the headstone. Mm-hmm. Beautiful animatronic. Beautiful. Super right. simple. All she does is blink and then move that little one leg. But she love flirts it. with you. Yeah. And they have her aim to where she's kind of staring um, over at Jack. Which is yeah. awesome because he's like doing his thing. She's longing for him. Uh huh. I've been wanting that forever because um, Tokyo's version that they do, they've had a Sally animatronic for a long time, and it was always interesting to me to, that she just was never represented in the attraction besides her uh, her photo that changed out in the hallway. Yeah. But they just never had her in any of the attraction. I was wondering, like, oh, what's the holdup? Like, she's obviously a main character, and then we sure. finally got her that one year, um, and now it's like, oh, I. I can't even remember what it was like before she was there. Yeah, it's such a great piece that they have in there. And it's one of those things, like, now that it's there, you couldn't imagine it not mm-hmm. being there. And you bring up a good point. Tokyo is the only other park that does this. Mm-hmm. Orlando doesn't get this. Paris doesn't get this with nope. their Phantom Manor. Uh, we are the only ones that get this. So it makes it even more special, more special. That, that it's something that mm-hmm. we have there. But I, I do think that um, the graveyard scene... The music's rad. It's all great. You know, I all year long, I love those nets, those scrims I have yes. hanging up that make stuff that's not that far away seem darker and mm-hmm. further. But it does feel like there's maybe one too many pieces moving around. Like, yeah. it's a little cluttered. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on that scene. Um, and the way that um, the way that the, the team, when they created the original mansion and turned your Doom Buggy to face specific scenes, it's hard now because they've, like, peppered so much stuff into that room that even though what you were looking at before in the mansion was so much more subtle, now there's so much other stuff to look at. Right. And the way, and they didn't change the way the buggies move, so now your, your head is moving in way more directions. You almost wonder if they had the opportunity to adjust it, you know, which I'm sure would be considerably more difficult than we say, oh, just, you know, just kind of... It's tournament. It's tournament. It's fine. No, the programming that must go into each cart, mm-hmm. going from this angle to that angle, and they're on that specific part of the track, that's way more than a two-week... <laughs> you know, it's not like they have a, a version of iTunes in there where they can play a different song. Yeah, it just and automatically switches no, over. that's probably a lot more programming. <laughs> or, who knows, maybe somebody's listening like, these idiots, I could do that in 20 seconds. Yeah, the one, one Imagineer is like, yeah. oh, it's not that hard. <laughs> you know, the, unsubscribe, they're dumb. But yeah, I feel like that room is a little congested, and there's like... It, I mean, that's a good thing, though, right? Like, the, the idea of a dark ride is, or any attraction is, mm-hmm. you always want to feel like you didn't get it all. Yes. So there's a reason to go back and do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why every time I ride Pirates, I'm just always like, that guy was never there. <laughs> that's why I like to ask people, Been who's your favorite? <laughs> who's your favorite, like, background character in an attraction? Like, I know a lot of people say it's Pirates. It's, oh, it's the guy on the bridge with the hairy leg, you know? Oh, the foot. Yeah, the foot, the dirty foot. Or I love the, in the regular Haunted Mansion, the mummy that's like off to the left before you start making that last turn because you can hear his specific audio let track. Let me out of here. Let me out of here. That guy? That guy? Not him. His voice is like almost in his throat. So when he's singing the song, it's like, oh. It's, I, I wish I had it to play it, but he's my, and he's like sitting in a tombstone. And he has a glass and he's and his animation is very oh, simple. Yeah, yeah, but he's yeah. off to the left. He's one of my, like, my favorite background character. So I love when people have been on something so much where they can point out these very subtle characters that are part of the ride but in a small way it's insane like the hitchhiking ghost and hatbox ghost like what icons they are Mm -hmm. and 
as far as I'm aware of, we literally have little to no backstory mm-hmm. of anything. They're just really, really great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming Mark Davis illustrations brought to life that we mm-hmm. all love. But as we leave where normally we would see the uh, hitchhiking ghosts, I love that oogie yes. animatronic in there with the, the wheel and the way that he's lit. That's another spot that if you could get stuck there, mm-hmm. it's just such a great room. And, and shout out to whoever in uh, Disney merchandise that decided to make that into a nutcracker this year. Mm-hmm. I really love that the consumer goods have started to skew yeah. towards attractions. Mm-hmm. And not just something that blanketly says, Haunted Mansion, 50 years, but like literally like taking a subtle piece and be like, here's the Rolly Crump candle holders from Mm -hmm. the stretching room like i love seeing the actual intricacies of the attractions just one little piece getting pulled out Mm -hmm. it doesn't say disneyland it doesn't say haunted mansion it's just if i go over your house i'm like whoa rolly crump Mm -hmm. haunted mansion (laughs) candle holders we need to be friends. I remember the wife and I were watching the YouTube one where you were going over the merchandise and you yeah. appreciating like the Funkos or now it's, you know, it's Peter Pan and the ride vehicle or it's, yeah. you know, it's Mickey in the castle, like a, or even more subtle than that, where it's, it's such a specific piece that you would only know if you had been to Disneyland. And I, I love like, not everything has to be a spirit Jersey, yeah. you know, like I love the spirit Jersey for what it is, but mm-hmm. not everything has to be shoulder to shoulder yeah. Disneyland. <laughs> Puff paint, just in case you didn't see that. No, I, I really love the subtleties, and I think that um, a, a few years ago, I would try to find, you know, I'd have money in my pocket or somebody give me a gift card because they know that I love Disneyland, mm-hmm. and I would be like, well, this year I'm not going to spend the gift card on food. I'm going to buy myself something. Yep. And I would just literally go from shop to shop, like struggling to find something that represented the park. That's why when I got hired by Wonder Ground, they're like, this is how it works to work with Disney movies. This is how it is if you want to do Pixar, and this mm-hmm. is how it is if you want to do Star Wars. I'm like, I don't care about any of the movies. It's like I, parks. I just, just want to make park stuff because I want to think about the family that just spent $4,000 from Ohio being in the parks for four days. They want to go home and hang something on the wall that doesn't remind them of their favorite scene of Toy Story, but reminds them of the epic family trip of going to Disneyland for the Mm -hmm. first time. Something that goes along with those photos that you took. Yeah. Remember, it's it's specifically tied to to Disneyland. And they said, well, that's crazy and it won't sell, but go ahead, knock yourself (laughs) out. And I did it. And it did sell. Um, So I... We've kind of gone through room by room. Also, I do love Sally on the way out. Oh, yes. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. just sitting there talking to us. But that's sort of the attraction, you know, room for room, some of our favorite parts. Is there any part that you you didn't get to shout out that you love? Let me see. Uh, 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 mm. Oh, I I really appreciate the... um, I forgot the active name of it in in the movie, but the them taking the space of mansion when you're kind of first uh, after you first do the stretching hallway before you get to Madame Leota the uh, the killer wreath that they put on the ceiling oh yeah I, I adore that because the the doom buggy gets that like kind of like tilt back to make sure that just in case you didn't see it you're gonna notice it now and I I really love that because when you look at the haunted mansion prior you get the a really great effect where you can't see the ceiling that it just hits darkness right and so i love that they put him over there and he moves they the eyes are, are, you can hear are chomping mm-hmm. yeah that's really good that that room with all the different plants everywhere there's so much like uh uh tiki room like uh-huh <laughs> which i just love because that kind of reminds you that it is sort of a primitive technology the clicking just the clicking of oh everything my gosh going have you ever been forth? on small world when the audio went out oh <laughs> that click, is click, click, it, it's all it is is the clicking of the dolls yeah and it's like a very like oh <laughs> <laughs> what's the longest you've ever been stuck on a ride 
Ooh. Hmm. Soren has been really long. Uh, I've done f- 35 minutes on Soren. Stuck up at B1 on but the they, top. They just stopped the movie, though, and you're just sitting mm-hmm. in your seat. Blue screen in your face, just sitting oh. there. Um, let me see. What else That's is not been? a blue screen. That's heaven. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of the really like long ones where you get stuck in a spot where you're going to be the last person out. Because the uh, attraction cast members work from, they work from front to back. Mm-hmm. I had that situation on Radiator Springs. Mm-hmm. We were in the paint shop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm pretty sure they entered. They got people that were mid race off, and everybody else. We were sort of like in that precipice of the very oh, okay kind of middle end part of the attraction. And let me just say that people in their racer were starting to freak out about how tight the seatbelt is. Yeah, uh-huh, when you're sitting there for too long. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? Freaking out doesn't make it better at all. Let's just hang out and enjoy that we're hanging out yeah, in, in the paint shop. Fun, see what you can see. Or the people, God forbid, that when you get stuck on the uh, that last big turn at the angle. Yeah. And that's rare, but when it happens, oh, my, you're going to be there a while because they have to bring the thing to kind of get you out. Because the safety, you're literally oh, at right, like a 45-degree right, right. angle almost, and they have to get you out of the car at that angle. And, oh, yeah, that's... I want to say the longest for me, it might have been at Matterhorn. I had a really long one um, because of where we were. And that ride has the specific brake pad. So we stopped at a certain spot, but we had... Um, the track stops you? Um, yeah, there's uh, the brake pads specifically. So the vehicles stop at an area where you can get out. So the the track is stopping you, not the cart. Not, not the vehicle, yeah. Yeah, that thing is so old school. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a system that they use also at... Um, because they, they don't want you to be the like everyone's afraid of getting cut like caught upside down on Incredicoaster, but they have the brake pads at the attraction, so you stop specifically where there's a staircase. There's oh. those random times when, if if for some oddball reason, like I think you can find YouTube videos of it where the Incredicoaster got caught, um, it didn't make the full loop, so when it came back up didn't get it didn't kind of get over the hill and mm. it came back down and kind of rested at the bottom of the hill like that's that's it's not like uh, unsafe but now you're cherry picking everybody off of that where they have to like lock it in place but otherwise they have it where the vehicles stop at a break point specifically so where the, you can step out free rolls to the safest spot to mm-hmm. get you off and then right there a cast member comes upstairs grabs you and you go down mm-hmm. the stairs fast so they don't get you in a like in a bank turn but racers since it's not like free flowing on a track with right. like just physics it just stops where it's it just gonna stops where it stops yeah, yeah yeah and every once in a while it's there and that's a long one to get out you know looking at the the haunted mansion though and these symbols of the season passing it is so phenomenal the way that that thing is put together and and really like and i i know that there's a lot of people that listen that to travel out for Disneyland, mm-hmm. and and I, sorry to exclude you from this, but <laughs> what it means to locals, yes, is unimaginable mm-hmm. to somebody that's just visiting the park. Like when that, because the thing about Haunted Mansion switching over is, is it's Act One, mm-hmm. and it means that real soon we're going to get the castle, we're going to yep. get Small World. I mean, DCA has done a fantastic oh, version, fantastic, uh, a fantastic job of celebrating the holidays mm-hmm. over there. You know that you know Halloween is happening, mm-hmm. but then we're going to get the what do they call Christmas over there? Oh, the, in Cars Land, yeah. Yeah, it's Hall as in H-A-U-L, Halloween. Halloween, but then what do they call actual Christmas? Oh, Christmas. Uh, Christmas. 
No, there's something. <laughs> it's just Christmas. Happy holidays? Is that what it is? Yeah, maybe it's holidays. Oh, it's been too long. All I know is the number one thing that I'm getting shorted out of this season is pumpkin, pumpkin, pumpkin <laughs> Halloween. Halloween. Everybody loves a pumpkin <laughs> Halloween. So many times I've almost just sung that into the text message and just send it over to you. He's <laughs> like, I'm probably in line. I'm probably with the family over there right now. Anyway. <laughs> he lost it. I've had a, uh, there's a family that um, visits uh, that will, uh, I will tour. Um, and I, it's been, a, I want to say maybe th- four to five years, but because of the, the, the wife, her, her business that they come when they fly out, they have never been on the regular haunted mansion. They come only during that time, so oh, they've wow. never seen it. So wow. I, they've asked me like, "What's it? What's the regular one like?" Which is such an odd thing to hear, yeah. Because most time it's other people the other way around. Other like way you around, said, that yeah. haven't seen it, but every time they come, because her her job has her flying. I think they lived in it was overseas, but when they came out to California, right, it's like a seasonal thing. Mm-hmm, yeah, it was always like in the fall, so they've never seen the regular <laughs> mansion. I feel so bad for them. I've talked it up, of course. Yeah, for so long. Oh, normally this isn't here, and normally Jack's not there. It's like a body. They're like it's a body up there, like a guy. Huh? Yeah, so they're like oh, just a gog listening over the deals. But I feel like. They love it, but I feel so sorry that this is just the time when they visit. That's their, their, like you mentioned, people that travel. This is their, you know, we come in the summer, we come in the fall. Yeah. But you know what's funny about that story is friends of yours will come in from out of town. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, sorry. Like, Big Thunder is like under construction, but you would love it. Yeah. And they don't even know that they missed it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, like, so much I've, fun still. I've been that guy that has gone to Paris and the, there were two or three things that weren't working. And you're like, oh, okay, well, that's just less we have to do. Yeah. But as the tour guide, both official and unofficial, mm-hmm. it like pains you <laughs> that you can't give them this experience mm-hmm. that you love. And in turn, you'd love to see them love it. Uh, I, I do think, though, that the Haunted Mansion, the holiday version, it, it's just such a magic trick. And once again, I don't know that it like drastically upticks their ticket sales. Yeah. I don't know that that makes people come out specifically for that. Like it is something that they could get away with not doing. But the fact that they do that yeah. and the fact that it's such like a tradition for all of us out here. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things that just puts a little bit of more magic on top of the magic, you know? And mm-hmm. it's just like, there's something about, even if I'm a local and I'm just coming out doing a rip around the park and yeah. I know that I'm not going to ride it, just walking by it and walking hearing the it. music mm-hmm. and just seeing the jack out by the gate, you know, oh, out with front. his uh, twirly, uh, the snowflake in his fingers. Like the yeah. Snowflake mm-hmm. disco ball. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's just literally phenomenal. Quick question for you with the time that we have left. Mm-hmm. Did you look at the Sleeping Beauty attraction that opened up over in Tokyo? Oh, the uh, the yes, the the new Fantasyland area. Uh, not Sleeping Beauty, the Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Sorry, did you did you check that out? I did. What do you think about that? I first off, I very much enjoyed your video of watching. <laughs> I didn't cry. You cried. <laughs> um, I I like you did a deep dive. I I. I watched videos of walking through the the, the land, uh, the different shops. I think they did a fantastic job. Pretty much the stuff that uh, OLC in Tokyo is known for. Like they don't shortchange themselves on anything, and uh, the facade. And they built the movie set right there. You walk along the bridge to yeah. get to the 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 castle. The queue is beautiful and sets up the story. Uh, we love trackless attractions. That's the future, right? That's the future. You can tell so many more stories. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I I dislike about the the trackless mm-hmm. system 
is how flat the ride is. Yes. You, you appreciate know? the... The incline. Because mm-hmm. there's just something in your stomach that's like, oh, we're going upstairs or, oh, we're going downstairs. And as we've seen with other attractions, I mean, they can use elevators to make those magic tricks happen. Mm-hmm. But And I know that they make the carts like Indiana Jones vehicle where it can alter itself. Mm-hmm. But there is something about knowing you're on a track and you're physically going up and down and, and elevating up and, and dropping down. Mm-hmm. That was my only sort of critique about... You know, I've rode Ratatouille in Paris. Yeah. I've done Rise. I, I watched this one pretty in depth, mm-hmm. and I really like the pace and the and the diversity. But I do think that there's something about that I, that now, bump. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not asking for Goofy Flight School, <laughs> but <laughs> there is something about the Omni Mover rides. Even something like Ariel, you know, where you drift down. Yeah, it's like a backwards, yeah. yeah. And it makes you think about how what WDI can do in the future with getting an Indiana Jones style vehicle that is trackless then yeah and that's something that potentially is years down the line but the way that the um, the uh teacup that you're sitting in and being the beast has a little bit of movement to bounce with the music is right. almost like a precursor to what you believe they'll where be it can able go to do. yeah where yeah. it can go because on rise we're stationary mm-hmm. and on ratatouille you're stationary mm-hmm. i mean you do a little bit of spinning and you spin a lot on rise yeah. but this is the first time we were seeing that and that's what i love about imagineering it's like Every attraction borrows from the ones in the past. Yes. So they're like, okay, we did this with Rise and Ratatouille. What if we now sprinkle in a little light Indiana Jones mm-hmm. so we can feel like we're dancing? Um, so you uh, watched my video. Uh, what did you think about my critique that this was a very interesting choice because that attraction is paced? Yes. So much differently than any other Fantasyland dark ride I've mm-hmm. ever been on. Like, one, it's much longer. Two, it puts song over storytelling. Yeah. And they are like, they don't just like give you like the 30 second version of the song and like, oh, they're dancing, but you just you, cruise by. Yeah, you're hearing it. You're you're like living it with Yeah. Them. I mean, like an, an eight minute dark ride is impressive because now you're getting into like Pirates and Haunted Mansion, but those have way more rooms and way, way more. Because I think you broke it. Was it like seven scenes, I think, yeah. in total? But seven scenes stretched out across eight minutes is a long time. Like when you look at Pirates or Small World or Mansion, because Mansion is about eight minutes, but you're seeing way more stuff. It's very interesting. And when I think about them doing dark rides based off of films, I'm almost, you always you come to that kind of thing of, okay, are we seeing Belle? Um, like if this is a new story created or are we going to go through the the movie? You refer to it as a book report, Yeah, the right? book report uh, yeah. attraction where you're just watching the movie or you get a thing like um, Frozen Ever After Walt Disney World where it's after the movie has been done or the upcoming uh, Prince and the Frog attraction where it's after the, the events of the film where we're going to get a new story. So it was interesting for them to choose, and I guess not too interesting because that movie is so beloved that of course we want to hear... And we want to see be our guest, you know. I mean, they, that movie struck gold just based on the soundtrack. Yes, alone. So to abbreviate those songs is almost a crime. Mm-hmm. And when you have an embarrassment of riches of that many hits from one movie, yeah, it really does skew. But I, I my, you know, my initial like I, I watched it for the first time while I was filming and live streaming mm-hmm. and I love doing a review like right after you experience something because mm-hmm. you don't have time to overthink it yeah. like, your emotions What'd tell you, think? you what did I just feel and you're trying to break it down and I was like wow what a different pace mm-hmm. and really what a bold attraction to be like we're not going to skew too heavy Disneyland dark ride terror like the the frightening scene of that 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 uh, act two that bridge yeah, super brief you're not in a big room you're in a hallway mm-hmm. and you're moving fast yep. so it like opens up like lofty and and lovely 
like hardcore in the middle, great mm-hmm. magic trick to get you into Act Three, and then Act Three, it like that's a pace that's unheard of. Oh yeah, you no they, rush. They are just like they want you to breathe in this this room that we're in right now, like to just take. It, it's it's. I could see the criticism of some people saying like it's boring because they're expecting the next thing, and that room where they're dancing at the end is so so beautifully designed that they're almost and then seeing the animatronics moving uh their dance like it's it's it wants you to take in all of the like the majesty of that scene which is such a powerful moment in the film i didn't feel much power from it <laughs> you know there was a rumor that i was crying but it's like that didn't happen i make lunch when i do those videos i cutting been, onions it was working on my pot of chili getting all, the, <laughs> getting all the onions and peppers ready and i just happened to be doing that yeah it happened to be when the transformation happened like no, that, that <laughs> blew my mind. Uh, I think that that attraction is beautiful, and and I think that that in our Fantasyland mm-hmm. would be a nice uh, change of pace because all of our attractions are older and yep. incredibly fast, mm-hmm. also skew way more to scary. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were bringing a child to the park, um, I almost said daughter to the park, but I saw an adorable little boy wearing a princess costume. Okay. Waiting to get on Star Tours. I'm like, you're my hero. <laughs> you are my hero right now. The champ. So if you have a kid, regardless, that's into princess movies, this is better than just going into Fantasy Fair and, and meeting somebody. Yeah. Like, this is literally living that princess lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, my dream location for this is that it would be over in the Topia area. Of course. That the water would, the that the uh, Fantasia Gardens would stay there. Yeah, keep it. But that's the bridge that we go across. Mm-hmm. And I have, you know, there's plenty of trees to keep this castle away from Small World. But this castle sitting across from Matterhorn is a good juxtaposition. Yeah. A lot of people would say put Arendelle there, but castle, like, Mountain versus mountain would yeah. feel too, too many mountains and castles right next to each other. Yeah, too tight. Mm-hmm. And I also believe that putting you know Beast's castle over in that cul-de-sac, you couldn't see beauty or that one at the same time. Like mm-hmm. they're hidden from each other. They're yeah. like diagonal with a nice land across from them. And so to all the hardcore people go, I actually love Utopia. Make them electric cars. <sighs> <laughs> Let me give you an opportunity to put that there. Yeah. And tell me honestly what you take. Now I don't think we'd have room for the restaurant in the little village, yeah. which is a damn shame because mm-hmm. they knocked themselves out on. They that. did for for, all, for a lot of and also for a lot of them to be facades, like you can't even walk into it. Like a lot of them are the back, like the back of mm-hmm. uh, the the Mickey um, meet and greet experience yes. or the popcorn shop. Mm-hmm. Like they're doing the old Disneyland double duty where hey, it's Main Street USA. Mm-hmm. Now you're in Adventureland. Yep. Like I love the seams of Disneyland and. I know people hold on to Atopia, and I, you know, you almost you appreciate its longevity and uh, its spot in history. And I think a lot of people don't want it to leave just because they want it there. But when you present them with an opportunity of, right. would you take it out for this specifically? Then it almost changes the thought process because they're like, well, I want that, and it it's sitting right next to Fen. It's the perfect thing to add there. And you know, a lot of times people hear. Well, I don't want anything to go away mm-hmm. because you're not giving them an alternative. Of yeah. like, well, it's going to go away, but what if I could give you a big dark ride, a couple of little shops, or a place to eat, or you know, in in its swap out. Yep. So it's always, you know, I love Launch Bay, but I might <laughs> be willing to trade it if you put something good for me up on the table. Yeah, that's like those individuals who 
you know, constantly speak so much about Walt's Disneyland or that time period about it being the best. And I say, well, okay, would you go back in time? Would you trade out Space Mountain for the for the um, uh, uh, flying saucers? Because that was in that space, or would you would you want to get rid of Big Thunder to bring back Mind Train through Nature's Wonderland? And you get that like look on their face. Well, I don't want it. I mean, I want those still because I <laughs> love those rides. But when you think about what came before and what replaced it, like you're talking about uh, attractions that you know didn't exist prior, and they had another attraction there. But you love how it is Disneyland is now because those are your favorites. But you don't want to go so far back that you lose your favorite attraction. I have a feeling that if Walt walked through the park today Mm -hmm. and you had a couple pots of coffee and explained to him what a Star Wars was, (laughs) I feel like by the time he got over to Tomorrowland, he'd be like, I know why you brought me here last. Yep. I now know why we did the park counterclockwise. (laughs) I know why we walked through. My God, guys, I didn't think this would be here forever. (laughs) Tomorrow is past. Yeah, that's one of the hottest takes that I explained to people that he would be the least interested in the stuff that he had already seen. Yep. Like, why would we walk him through areas that have been largely unchanged for so long when we know without a doubt that he was always about progress and ripping stuff out? And he would probably look at the things we loved the most that have the heaviest nostalgia and say, why is this still here? Why Why haven't we done anything more with this? You can effectively look at something like Snow White and... It's, it's, it's almost the same little cart that's doing almost the same little path. It's been gotten a little things over time, but, you know, the things he would want to see are the, the rise and the, the, the Space Mountain, the Indiana Jones, the, the Soarin', like those, those new Progressions. The progression, yeah. yeah. I think the only way that Tomorrowland would make sense to him is if it was preserved like a display of the atomic age. Yes. And then he could be like, oh, okay, we went for a nostalgia vibe. Mm-hmm. But now that it's just like a mess yeah. that unfortunately due to COVID we're going to be stuck with for another decade, um, I don't think that's the park they would equate. So I've kind of, I've always had a vibe that if they were to add anything to Fantasyland, mm-hmm. I feel like Disneyland is more of a Sleeping Beauty park yeah. than a Frozen Park. Yeah. And I know that Frozen's huge and it's massive and people love it, but we don't know its staying power. Mm-hmm. And we do know that uh, Beauty and the Beast is just like full on yeah. Disney gold. Like, yeah. it's never going to tarnish, never going to wear out. The songs are amazing. The heroine's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, the transformation, uh, the story that it tells, like, it really fully embodies the brand. Mm-hmm. And I've just have always felt like that fits in that corner. Yeah. Better than a Tron. Better mm-hmm. than an Arendelle type thing. Like everything else that I've seen that they could pick up and move over there. Yeah. That's the only thing to me with a trained eye that has felt like that could fit. Mm-hmm. Like the, the that area would blend beautifully into that, that you know, Bell, small part of Bell's, uh, the poor provincial town. And then straight to the castle. Like it blends beautifully. Uh, frozen, you would get a very big like change in the decor obviously because now we're talking about Arendelle or a bit of Norway based off of that fantasy land you're right the Beauty and the Beast just it fits like perfectly in that spot and it's about the right size for something of that like a massive like trackless dark ride to go there and absolutely no Tron. Like I know I, people, I know it's great, but that all that space for a, a coaster that's about forty seconds, forty-five maybe. Is that how short it is? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. 
It's short, and most of those and and most Imagine attractions. Imagine explaining that to guests like, we waited for two hours. It's about forty-five seconds long. Wow. And it's and most of those coasters that are in buildings, you know, they just they don't have the 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 space that something like a credit coaster, which is very long, or Big Thunder to kind of stretch its wings out. Yeah, it, it it moving at that launch at sixty miles an hour into a building. There's just only so much track. Yeah, I mean, you can only go sixty miles an hour for so long. So long. That you're gonna run out of space. But yeah, it's about forty five. I I've always said that that was problematic. Even though it's it's beautiful, I love the Frank Gehry inspired canopy and mm-hmm. how futuristic it looks. And I've done the monkey math on it. It is so tall. Yeah. That you would probably be able to see the canopy competing with Matterhorn and Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. And that is just a sightline no no with mm-hmm. our park. Like, their Disneyland sightlines are perfect. They're yeah. not going to put anything that's that obtrusive. And not to mention, if that goes into Tomorrowland proper, mm-hmm. we're right on Harbor. Yeah. I mean, Tomorrowland is just built right into the corner of the yeah. parks, just making it even more problematic. I mean, mm-hmm. when you think about it's insane how close Space Mountain is yeah. to Main Street. To like the opera house, it's it's mind blowing. It's almost like I know you've done those over those aerial overheads where I told I told you I've walked back behind these buildings. I know where it ends. Like I, yeah. I <laughs> I've been there. I, I've been there. I can like while on the if you look at uh, the park maps, it's just so where they've kind of added in that foresty area where there's backstage. But I've walked like I tell you, there's there's just not that space there. You, it's harbor, and how you and I've discussed that the future of Disneyland is back where the Team Disney Anaheim building is because. It's just streets all around. You got the Esplanade and you got streets wrapped all the way around it. There's just not the space for that. And I'm pretty, like Tron, I'm, I'm almost certain with, especially the way you described it, that if you stood at the hub at Partners, you would see Sleeping Beauty Castle, then Matterhorn, and right in between them, you would see the, the that canopy. A bit You'd of see some of it. Mm-hmm. You'd and see some of it. You would definitely at nighttime see that fantastic oh, glow lit. So yeah, it, all, so, it I mean, would be such a draw. To me, that is, you know, that is something that fits amazing in Shanghai where mm-hmm. room of plenty. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Shanghai's uh, sister park is Walt Disney World. They're both mm-hmm. basically built with no things around them. Yeah. Like they own the massive property that they sit on it and mm-hmm. then some. So, you know, I don't think everything's a one-to-one uh, relationship. Uh, I'll end here. I did a uh, one of my monthly streams. I mm-hmm. did a Sunday morning on Main Street and I literally just want to be like, I bet I could tell people three hours worth of Main Street uh-huh. stuff because I love it. And I think you might be fascinated on two things that blew people's minds. Mm-hmm. These were the two that I pulled out. Like I was pulling out everything. Everything you could. These are the two that blew people's mind. Most people had never noticed that there was a Native American penny above the Penny Arcade. The 1901 one? Yeah. <laughs> I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> Walt's year mm-hmm. that he was born. Uh, most people never knew that Penny was there. They never knew that it had the year of Walt's birth on it. And the second one was, and this was a little bit hard to show him, but I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. I was standing up on the Main Street train station platform one day. Mm-hmm. And I was looking and something didn't make sense to me. So I go walking all around the park. I'm like, what am I looking at? What am I looking at? And that was the afternoon that I realized that some genius had realized the back of the Star Trader mm-hmm. needed to be painted to look like Main Street. Uh-huh. That like pinkish bait. Kind of- There's like a salmon color building mm-hmm. and then like a real like grandma's living room yep. green. Mm-hmm. Like a faded mint green. And they have a couple of fake facade like in like recessed areas where windows yep. would go. And it's just enough that when you're standing on the platform and the trees are a little bit bare, yep. that when you look over to the right side of Main Street, you just see more of Main Street off in the distance. Mm-hmm. You know, by back where the um, 
the plaza in kind of restroom in the corner right there next yep. to Star Tours where the characters sometimes come out. Yep. You can oh, you can see it so well from right there because I've, I've come out that pathway. And if you look up, it, it stands out really hard back there because you're getting a little of Disneyland theming in a backstage area, which they don't do it backstage. So it sticks out like a sore thumb. It's kind of the same if you go backstage behind um, in Adventureland, kind of that big swinging gate by Bingo Barbecue. Because mm-hmm. the theming you can see for the tops of the buildings back there as well. Just for that, those sight lines that we always talk about where there's just enough here where we want to make sure that we theme this so it looks a certain way because it's going to catch certain eyes from a certain point. You know, the day at Disney video series uh-huh make one about the guy that does those sightline balloons <laughs> i'm the disneyland ballooner i put balloons up to tell people how tall things are going to be like if you see those big balloons that's me checking sightlines dude that was one of those things like i love when i get on a disney adventure when i'm just there and i'm like hold on i just uh, i just discovered new magic and then i walk around and i'm like i'm walking around like Cast members all the time will walk past me like, what is this idiot doing? Because I'm like walking with my head up in the air, like yeah. staring. And they're like, sir, do you, are you, do you need some help? Papa, do you have dementia? Because <laughs> I'm literally wandering around like a maniac. Um, and I was literally just studying that. And it was just like, my God, that is genius. If somebody stood on that deck and said, that corner's a problem. Mm-hmm. We got to go over there and paint that. So when I showed that to people, and then I went up on Google Maps and really showed them, like, see this uh-huh. corner here? You can see from there, there were people that are, like, the hardest of the hardcore. Like, Bricky, I was watching this, waiting for you to drop one on me. You just this did it. it. <laughs> you just did it. <laughs> the one I tell people, and I, I wish I had taken a picture, but I have had, over time, the opportunity to walk through the mansion um, uh, without, with you know, at night before while it's not running. And I, I've never found a photo of it online, and I wish I had taken it at the time because who knows when I'll be back in there. But the um, the organ, the twenty thousand organ that's playing, yeah. Um, somebody put there some beautiful Imagineer. Uh, if you look at it from down on that level, because it's hard to see, because uh, when he's playing it, the uh, Victor, it guys. Victor, yeah, the, the the there's like ghosts coming out of the yeah, the yeah. thing. Love it. One of them is Jack Skellington. No. Yep. One of them is him. And I've tried for years to try to see it from the Doom Buggy, but he's on the far right side. But when you look at it from actually being down in the ballroom, it's they're on like sticks and it's like this big rotating wheel that's spinning them around. So you can see he's one of them, uh-huh. but to actually get it when you're in the, the guest location. You won't see it, yeah. And I wish there was a photo, but it's so that he... <laughs> But it did it so that he has a presence, quote unquote, in the mansion year round, not just at Halloween. Wow. Did well, that one not out. drop that one on you at the end. <laughs> well, then I won't tell everybody that there is 10,000 light bulbs outside. <laughs> there is 999 candles. Now, you don't know this, but there's 15 metric tons of snow in the graveyard. And for Halloween, they go up to 1,272 <laughs> animatronic shadows. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Over in the wallpaper, there's 58,000 faces. There's 2,800 eyeballs. <laughs> and uh, just another little fun fact, the third light bulb over from the right light bulb, it's actually burnt out on purpose, and it symbolizes that right now hope is gone. <laughs> so uh, just a couple of those fun facts I love to throw at you guys. Every once in a while, I get the people that are just so into that. I was like, how many gallons of water and how tall? It's soulless. <laughs> it, there's, there's no fun in it. It's just soulless. Yeah. Like a fun, like you know, like an amazing fun fact would be like, did you know that Main Street was made with 28 million nails? Now what do I do with that? <laughs> but like, knowing Whoa. that the penny on the penny arcade has Walt's birthday, yeah. or over in the baby center, there's a baby photo of, of Walt, Walt on the wall. Yeah. Like 
That blows my mind. Mm-hmm. But just that weird monkey math, 28,000 bricks inside. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you doing? <laughs> but, like, this vehicle, the Indiana Jones vehicle weighs, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm sure it's like a car. I let people down when they're like, they want to do that type of stuff with me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not trying to be like a hot shot. I literally don't care. Yeah. Like, it just is literally soulless to me. But that Jack Skellington, mm-hmm. and you've been down on that level and you've walked through there? I've walked through that whole building, yeah. I, I, I've told you this before. <laughs> I interviewed the guy that did the props for Haunted Mansion, the movie, the first yeah, yeah. the first round. And they took him there early and they let him walk around. He's like, I literally had like an hour where nobody was chaperoning me. And I could mm-hmm. walk around, touch anything, take a photo of anything. But I do know this fun fact. And this blew my mind when I read this. Mm-hmm. All of the props that we see for the holidays live in the mansion all year yeah. long. Yeah, it's all stored there. Mm-hmm. Which, like, where it's, do they keep that? Yeah, it's I, there's like a, one or two of the really big things. Like I think the the the, the icicles are blowing the horns, but almost all of it is in there, and it's absolutely wild when you walk through and see because some of it is is hidden almost in plain sight, but the darkness of the mansion keeps it. Where it's like, oh, just behind this corner, there it is, right there. Just just pieces that you would recognize. I mean, there's so many ways our doom buggy never turns. Mm-hmm. That there's just like a corner full of junk. Yep, I'm waiting I for tell August. People, uh, like turn around when you see Jack or the. Um, the grave, the 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 graveyard guy with his dog. Like, there's an exit right there, an exit sign that's illuminated. But because of the way they have the buggy position, yeah. you'll never see it. But that's a way for you to exit the attraction if there's like an emergency. Just the, this is why I love Omni Movers. Just the, the specific way we're gonna have you look so so you can see things and also so we don't have you see other things. It's like beautiful. It's such a genius way to keep crowds moving and to keep everything framed the way that you mm-hmm. want it to be. You know, when you look at pirates, people are just in a boat. Mm-hmm. They got a 360 view of everything. They can say, well, I'm going to look over the animatronics. Or I'm going to look over the right where it looks mm-hmm. like a desert in and out. Yep. <laughs> but with the Omnimover attractions, it's like you're always controlling yep. where they're going, what they're seeing, and I absolutely love it. Philander, thank you so much for uh, kicking off this Halloween festivity with me. That's uh, right. For looking at this attraction and, you know, Always next year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Disneyland has now ended its normal operating day. We hope you've enjoyed your visit to the Magic Kingdom and that the memories you've made will bring you back again soon. While the rest of the park closes, Main Street will remain open for an additional hour for your shopping convenience. Thank you. There you go, fellow citizens of Disneyland. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Philander and I. I hope that somehow or another you have a great Halloween. I mean, I'll see you before then. This isn't the only show coming out in October. I'm busy, but I haven't lost my mind. Disneyland for Designers is too important for those of you that listening to the opening statement where I was just kind of leveling down with you like, hey, this is the deal. This is where we're at. I uh, I appreciate you listening to that. And anybody who wants to join me in the amazing Club 1313, Poor Man's Club 33, or Poor Ladies, you can join us this Tuesday night. It's over on Twitch, but probably the easier place to find it is YouTube, Adventures in Design. That's going to step off from the Esperande, a haunted Esperande at 6 
p.m. and we will go to 10 o'clock PST and it will be a full Halloween spectacular. Fireworks, the Haunted Mansion, Villains Grove, you name it, we are going to scare it. And hopefully I will see you there. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you real soon with another Disneyland for Designers. And find me daily now over on YouTube.